Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you open your bulletins and turn back to the end, to page 22, uh, where I have the sermon worksheet there, you'll see at the, at the top of the worksheet a sentence in bold that might at first appear like a riddle. You maybe have seen this uh, on Facebook or on the internet someplace. Uh, what has four letters, occasionally has 12 letters, always has six letters, but never has five letters. That's one of those puzzles that at first might cause us to, to scratch our head and wonder how can that possibly be? How can something have four letters and always have six letters? How could you possibly figure out the solution to this puzzle? But when you realize the truth, or maybe you're told it, all of a sudden everything makes sense like a light going on, right? For those of you who maybe haven't seen it before, uh, the key to understanding this puzzle is to recognize that it's not a riddle. There's a period at the end, not a question mark. It's not asking you what has four letters, it's telling you the word what has four letters. The word occasionally has 12 letters, so on and so forth. In our script, in our gospel reading, in our sermon text this morning, Jesus heals the blind man. He gives him sight, physical sight, to the blind man. But Jesus also tells us in the same chapter that this physical miracle is merely a demonstration of a far greater spiritual truth. That he's come to give us light to open the eyes of the blind. John 9, 39, and Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. All of our lives, without Jesus, we are blind. We are like those staring at that puzzle I showed you in, a, in the sermon worksheet, figuring out how can this possibly be. The same way we stare at God and we stare at our life and it, it doesn't make sense. But then Jesus comes and he gives us the key. He gives us the one thing that causes our eyes to be open and us to see, oh, that's the truth of God. Jesus tells the, the Pharisees in John 9 of our text, verse 41, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. The Pharisees and many others think that they already understand life, that they already understand God. And because of that, they don't need the key. They don't need the understanding <coughs> that Jesus gives us in our text. Therefore, Jesus says, they, remind, they remain in their blindness because they think that they can already see. For those of us who recognize our blindness, our sinfulness, to us, Jesus gives the answer. And the answer that makes sense of life and of God is that truth that Jesus proclaimed to Nicodemus two weeks ago in our sermon text back then, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Those who see God, the world, even ourselves, through that grace of God, understand. Those who try and view things from a human standpoint, from a legalistic standpoint, are blind. Now some of you <clears throat> might have uh, seen the puzzle 
that I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon here. Some of you may have seen that before, or some of you may have even figured it out just uh, from looking at it real quickly. But none of us, without Jesus' help, are going to understand, are going to see things from God's perspective. Isaiah reminds us, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Just as recognizing that there's a period at the end of that sentence and not a question mark brings the light on in our head. So even more importantly, recognizing the truth that Jesus came to die for our sins, recognizing that grace of God causes us to see. We begin then with John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for the night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed, and he came back seeing. Right away, from the very beginning of our text, we recognize that the man born blind is not the only blind man in that account, and is not the only one to whom Jesus gives sight. The disciples, and later on we're going to see the Pharisees, are also very much blind. The disciples do not see, they do not understand correctly the situation that is before them. We have words like fairness, equality, and justice. These words sound to us like a good thing, a good and noble thing, and true thing. These words sound to us like the answer, if we could have a fair and equitable and just society, we would have found the answer to happiness in life, right? But these words often hide rather than reveal the truth of who God is and what he has done for us. It was a desire for fairness, for justice, that led the disciples and the Pharisees in our text to misunderstand the situation before them, to be blind to the truth of God. They thought, surely, this man must have sinned, or perhaps his parents. God must be punishing this man for some sin in order for him to be born blind. After all, that would be fair, wouldn't it? Things would be fair in this world if we could believe that all suffering, all bad things, all problems are a result of God's justice. God punishing people for their sins. Logically thinking or speaking, legalistically thinking or speaking, leads us to only one of two possibilities. One possibility is that all suffering in this world is God fairly punishing those who deserve it, or God doesn't exist, 
And everything that happens in this world is just random chance chaos. These two possibilities are fair, but they are not true. The truth is what we heard two weeks ago when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. That God so loved a sinful world that he sent his son to die for it. When we stop looking and trying to find fair, just, right, and instead look with a grace-motivated mindset, a grace view of God and of ourselves, we see the truth that Jesus is trying to explain to us in our text and also in that account with Nicodemus. That the world is not fair. It is not fair that Jesus died for our sins. It was not fair that this man was born blind. God does not do what is fair, but God does what is according to his grace, his love for us. In this case, the grace of God was that this man should suffer for a little while in order that through him, the glory of God should be revealed not only to the man, but to the whole city. It's not fair, but it is the grace, the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Legalistic view means if something, if, if something bad happens, God is punishing you. If something good happens, God is pleased with you. This is fair and just, but the end is death. The scripture reminds us the wages of our sin is death. Grace thinking, a grace view means that sometimes God asks us to suffer for a little while. Sometimes God asks that a man is born blind, that we are sick, that we are persecuted, that we maybe have cancer, or that we eventually die. But the end of grace is life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We want to learn to view all things through the grace of Jesus Christ. Then our eyes will be open to see. We continue with verses 13 and 17 of John chapter 9. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a division among them. They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Pharisees in our text, being blind by their legalistic thinking, reject out of hand the miracle that Jesus performed on this man. The legalistic mindset always does this. The human mindset always rejects the wonderful works of God as impossible. The grace mindset, the grace view when it is confronted by the words and works of God rather than rejecting them 
wonders and marvels at the wonderful things that God has done for us through Christ Jesus. That's the difference in our text between the man born blind and the Pharisees. The Pharisees, with their legalistic thinking, know. That's what they say, right? We know that this man is a sinner. We know what the Sabbath is. We know what people should and shouldn't do on the Sabbath. And we know that no one sent from God would perform a miracle on the Sabbath. Because they think they know, they are blind to the wonders, the miracles, that Jesus is doing right before their eyes. But the man who was born blind, he sees and marvels at what Jesus did for him. How often haven't we heard the same thing in our own lives? We know, right? We know, some will say, we know that people don't rise from the dead, therefore there's no way that Jesus rose from the dead. We know that there's no chance that all those animals could have fit on the ark. Therefore, what God says in, in the Bible about knowing the flood cannot possibly be true. We know that these rocks are millions of years old. Therefore, there's no way God created the world 6,000 years ago, as the Bible says. So often, because of what people think they know, they are blind to the truth, the truth of God's power. I get a chance now to tell you one of my all-time favorite stories. I've probably told it to you before, but I'm going to share it again. There was a liberal professor at a, at a seminary teaching Bible history, and decided, he decided to go and walk through the, the garden. And as he was out there walking in the garden of the university, he saw a student reading his Bible, and the student had this expression of joy and gladness on his face. So the professor stopped and asked the student, what are you so excited about? The student said, well, I was just reading how God opened the Red Sea and all the people of Israel walked through on dry ground. And the professor said, well, you know, they probably walked through up on the northern part of the Red Sea where it's really just kind of a marsh, maybe an inch or two of water at most. It really wasn't a miracle. They just, you know, walked through a, a marshy area. So the professor kept walking the garden, and <clears throat> after a little bit came around back to the same student. And there once again, this expression of joy, excitement on the student's face. And once again, the professor asked him, well, what are you so excited about? And the student said, well, I was just reading how God drowned the entire Egyptian army in just an inch or two of water. Isn't that incredible? The legalistic mindset, is, the human mindset is so certain that it knows. That it cannot see the grace and wonder of God, even when it's right in front of its face. But it's not just the, the Pharisees and the atheists who think that they know, is it? We often fall into that same mindset in our lives when things happen that are difficult. We think that we know from our experience. I know that my spouse is never going to change. My marriage is never going to get better. Mm. I might as well just give up. I know that I can't handle the situation that God has put in front of me. I know that my life is never going to get better. So very often we allow our life experiences to lead us into that mindset of, 
I know. And because of it, we forget, reject God's power, which he promises to work in and through our lives. We give up on the wonders and the miracles of God because we think we already know how things are and how things are going to be. We forget that Abraham had a son when he was 100 years old. We forget that Daniel spent all night in a den with lions and lived. We forget how Jonathan, the son of Saul, single-handedly defeated an entire Philistine army. We forget how Peter and Paul healed a lame man. Because we think we already know. We discount and forget the power and the promises of God. The grace view, the grace mindset doesn't begin with, I know, but instead rejoices to remember the power of God and wonders at his miraculous works in our own lives. We continue <clears throat> with uh, verses 24 to 34. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. We know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, You were completely born in sin, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Notice how the Pharisees first construct a framework. They take the law of God about the Sabbath, and they lay out all of these conditions. In this situation, this is what you do, and in that situation, that's what you do, and this is what it means to work, and this is the exact hours of the Sabbath, and you can walk this far from your home, but not one step further. They, they build this framework that they're so proud of, and then... When something doesn't fit into that framework, when Jesus comes and he heals a blind man on the Sabbath, they zealously, zealously seek excuses. Rather than rethink their ideas about God's law, they zealously seek some explanation to prove that, oh, Jesus must be a sinner. That's what they're doing in those verses that we read. They weren't questioning the man born blind because they really wanted to know about Jesus or what he did. They were questioning him, looking for some excuse by which they could contradict or lay aside the miracle which Jesus accomplished. Again, the, we see at work that same legalistic mindset, which when confronted by God's law, seeks to delineate every aspect of that law. 
That legalistic mindset assumes that, well, we can find all the answers. We can figure out exactly when and where, in which case, in which every, every situation, oh, we ought to do this or we ought to do that, or God's law applies or God's law does not. The grace mindset doesn't seek to enumerate every aspect of God's law in our life. It loves God's law. It trusts God's law, but it does not fear God's law because it knows the grace of God through Jesus Christ that even though we mess up, we are forgiven through him. These verses that we just looked at today remind us that the Pharisees, even though they thought themselves to be experts in the law, do not really understand God's law at all. They look at God's law and they see it in it a list of rules. Because of our sinful nature, we, like the Pharisees, are incapable of clearly seeing God's law, of clearly understanding what's at the heart of what God tells us in those Ten Commandments. This is not God's fault. It's not a problem with God's law or God's word. God's law is absolute and perfect and clear. This is because of our sinful nature. We simply cannot grasp. We simply cannot understand how it fits into every aspect of our life. There are some things that are clearly right and, and some things that are clearly wrong, but a lot of it is confusing. We are like people trying to drive in the wintertime without scraping the ice off their windshield first. Paul reminds us, we see in a mirror, darkly, cloudy. It's unclear. Again, because of our sinful nature. The legalistic mindset, therefore, tries to enumerate, tries to delineate, tries to make lists to make sure that it never fails, to make sure that we can keep God's law perfectly. That, of course, in and of itself is a failure. The grace mindset instead recognizes the truth that we are sinners. That we will never fully understand God's law while we live in this life. And that's okay, because we are forgiven through Jesus. It doesn't forsake the law. It doesn't throw it away. That grace mindset loves God's law because it comes from our Savior and tries our best to follow it. But at the end of the day, it acknowledges I have failed, but Jesus died for our sins. The Pharisees live in fear of their own laws that they themselves wrote. But by grace, we do not live in fear of the law, knowing that we are saved through Jesus Christ. We are like children learning how to color. We try to see in the lines, but often we don't. We know that God loves us anyway. God's grace in Christ is not dependent on how well we stay inside the law, inside the, the lines. When we fall into human legalistic view of things, we are blind. When we think we see clearly, we are not. But when we remember God's grace through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and view our life and all things from that perspective, then we can see. We can see the love of God in Christ Jesus 
and we can wonder and marvel at the miraculous things he has done for us. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.